Making pasta was a need and open a restaurant was a dream, which became reality. So um, um, make pasta, we, I, I had to do it at the time, you know, and uh, uh, that's also what made it special. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. When the chips are down, you've lost almost everything and your back is against the wall. There is nothing left but to go for it and fight for survival. That human instinct can help create the most extraordinary outcomes of extreme adversity. In the last few years, there have been many pushed to the limits in ways unimaginable. Andrea Vignali is a chef and co-owner of Al Dente Anateca. Andrea, how are you? Very good. How are you? Good to hear you. It's good to have you on the show. You've got uh, your own restaurant now, um, but a couple of years ago, that wasn't the case at all. You've had the most extraordinary couple of years. What's it like now to have, have bricks and mortar in your own establishment? Yeah, so uh, how you said just one year ago, um, I wasn't owning a restaurant, and, uh, and now I do. And it's um, uh, quite special, uh, very great feeling. It's always been a little bit in the back of my mind, you know. My dream always wanted to arrive to this situation, but I didn't know it was going to be that quick. <laughs> well, well, we can go into that story because you, when when the pandemic landed, you were in a bit of a, a bind. Do you want to tell us the situation you were you were in? Yeah, so uh, it was quite funny for me because um, you know I was working at Grossi Florentino, and and um, I never thought I was going to leave the place. Um, still um, on a visa, I was a sponsorship, and I was actually missing a couple of weeks to end my sponsorship and being able to apply for my PR. Um, but the pandemic came, and uh, the things uh, changed a bit. I couldn't keep working at the moment because the restaurant was temporarily closed, and um, so I needed to find ways to um, make a bit of money. A guy supported me, uh, Guy Grossi at the time, and he tried to help me and, and, and did all he needed to do. Uh, but, you know, uh, he was uh, in a very uh, difficult situation too at the moment. We uh, needed to close four restaurants. So um, I needed to um, think about myself and, and try to find ways to, to keep going. Um, I've never been a saver. <laughs> I've never saved much money. And, uh, you know, who thought? something like that could happen to us. So I was just investing on my future at the moment and I had not much money left in the bank. Uh, I literally found myself with no income, uh, no government support and uh, no ways to make money. So yeah, I um, started putting a couple of stories on Instagram of what I was doing during the day, which was pretty much pasta. I remember I made a jam before the pasta and uh, I made a, a, a actually Concord jam which we're still using right now <laughs> in the restaurant is uh, is um, preserved and pasteurized in jars, and uh, we're still serving uh, some dishes in the restaurant, which is quite cool. And uh, the day after that, um, I started, uh, yeah, doing tortellini and gnocchi, and from there, some stories on Instagram and their requests started growing, and here I am. <laughs> well, take us back to that time. How, how did it feel when you were in that situation of no income, no money in the bank, that uncertainty? Um, take us back to that time. But for how I'm done, I, I, I think like I didn't really thought about it or speak with anyone about it. I just woke up every morning and, and did stuff. 
uh, like the, the pressure just uh, didn't make me speak too much about it. I was just, you know, trying to find ways, trying to find ways, uh, asking people help. Uh, uh, I remember I wrote some flyers and and I was going and dropped them around the letterbox. Um, we didn't know, uh, you know, lockdowns and what was going to happen. And I was just going in the neighborhood and the neighbors and dropping all these flyers. Buy my pasta, please. Um, pretty much was that. <laughs> A bit more uh, articulated, but pretty much was that. And uh, yeah. Um, Do you have any stories of those early days when you're trying to sell the pasta and um, connecting with people to get money in the door? Is there any specific sort of customers that you got that you can tell us about? Yeah. So um, there's. Um, there's a, a couple of uh, funny ones. Um, so especially uh, w- one of my luck has been, you know, uh, w- one of those lies um, end up in the hand of a journalist. So uh, um, one journalist uh, of uh, their age, um, which um, found the flyer, uh, Chloe Booker, she published the article and uh, she said pretty much what I was saying on the flyer and explaining my story. And, and from there, their request uh, became a lot and um but the 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 the, the funny ones was at the start you know i was calling my friends suppliers everyone was exchanging uh, bags of onions and 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 bags of uh, flour and uh, and potatoes for for pasta tagliatelle you know so uh, there was a we were feeling a little bit back uh, to the uh, back to the roots that was something i was saying a lot during that period because uh, yeah, was literally feeling like it, you know, uh, no money, exchanging, uh, uh, everyone looking for food, uh, back to the roots was uh, a bit of the thing of that period. And uh, yeah, I remember a lot of calls. I was doing a lot of calls every day, uh, asking a lot of help, um, texting a lot of people <laughs> and just trying to find ways, you know, to get out of that. And um yeah, slowly, slowly, I had the luck of meeting Danny Valent too, um, which uh, introduced me to um, Linden and uh, Matt, which uh, they helped me with my journey. Linden is the owner of Kukaboro, and uh, um, Matt is the owner of uh, Cooper's Inn in the city, a big pub. Uh, been then been there for ages. I don't remember how many years now, but um, a very long while. And um, yeah, I had the luck to start um, uh, cooking there and being able to sell uh, my food on uh, on the platform. Tell us about the growth of this business. Um, how, how did you manage sort of the the boom and the increased production. So were you operating out of a home kitchen? Yeah, so that didn't didn't go very long. Like I was doing probably two or three weeks in my house, but uh, the, the, the request became so high and my house was literally exploding of pasta and, 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 and there was flour everywhere and it was just so unmanageable. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, I moved straight away of the pub was a bit hard during the first lockdown because I literally, I didn't know there was going to be all these lockdowns. So for me, it was just a, a, a short period thing, you know, and I was just going to, to do it and after close and go back to grocery. That, that, that was, was happening in my head, you know, um, um, but 
in the first lockdown, um, we moved to the pub and, uh, and uh, some friends started helping me, some people, other people which uh, didn't have any job at the moment or some other visa holders which they couldn't, couldn't do uh, any work. So that, that was pretty much what was happening at the start. Uh, uh, after um, the second lockdown, when we understood what was a thing and there was so much request, uh, my business partner and brother, also David, uh, uh, jumped on board um, and, um, you know, uh, that became an actual business. And uh, we, I met Michelle, which is my partner, not in business, but in life. And um, uh, she's also 100% in, in all the restaurant. She's a, a floor manager and a, a re restaurant manager, actually. And um, yeah, so we became a team. And uh, from there, you know, um, the power of a singular is never strong like a power of a team. And uh, from there, we achieved all we achieved now. How did you get to the stage of this idea of to make pasta, to earn money without any sort of money in the bank, um, but, but opening your own restaurant? What were the steps to finding that site and, and making it happen? But I think making pasta was a need. And, uh, and um, the make, um, make, make pasta was a need and open a restaurant was a dream which became reality. So um, um, make pasta, we, I, I had to do it at the time, you know? And uh, uh, that's also what made it special. Um, still now we, uh, in the restaurant, we have a, a section uh, dedicated to all those products I was doing at the start and they're still here ready to pick up every day. Uh, we have uh, um, our Sapori, uh, which is a shop. Uh, and uh, on the right side of the restaurant, we have our um, fine dining or approachable, approachable fine dining, call it however you want. And and um, where we do all our things, our uh, five courses degustation menu, which can arrive to eight courses if you want. And um, uh, on the left side, we have a shop. Uh, moms of big families just walk in and, and buy uh, four or five lasagna for all the family, uh, gnocchi, tagliatelle, pappardelle, they are always available. And uh, we're still uh, bringing all of that as a memory and as the importance of what it was. And, uh, you know, I think is uh, the basics, you know, like we were saying before, uh, back to the roots. This is something I will never forget and we're always going to give value to. Um, yeah, so um, going going back on your, your question, um, the restaurant, uh, a dream which we realized slowly, slowly, uh, we could make become reality. And uh, we could make it with all the, the, the customers which they were following us and uh, also um, all the, the good marketing that we had that we did and, and especially knowing our product was a very good product. I want to explore what you've created there at Al Dente and Oteca, but take us back to when you were young. What, what sort of role did food play in your family? Oh, so um, my family has always been a bit of a hospital family, let's say that, especially from my mom's side. Um, my grandfather uh, was a butcher in South Africa, uh, half Croatian, half Italian, met my grandmother, um, my, my yeah, um, grandmother, uh, when uh, she was coming, she, she was coming from London, so she was British, living in South Africa too. So a bit of a mix. And uh, my mom came, uh, they moved to Italy, but before then that, they, they had uh, um, um, 
the, I would say my grandfather was a butcher there, so he had a huge business uh, with more than 100 employees. And uh, they came to Italy, they opened a hotel. And after my grandfather also opened a pub in Liguri, um, where my uncle is still working right now. I, I grew up in that pub doing, um, doing my um, childhood when I was uh, in holidays. And uh, I was always spending the summer bringing up uh, wood for the pizza oven and um, yeah, doing all those kind of things, preparing the dough with my uncle and, and uh, yeah, doing all those things. Um, so I always loved it, you know, uh, always been part of my life. The, the funny th thing at the time was the fact I could walk in a pub and, and fill up my Coca-Cola with Fanta together, Sprite together. So I was doing, <laughs> those were my type of creation when I was a, a child. And, uh, and after I started customizing my own pizzas and, and uh, you know, um, we went from there. And um, yeah, also at home, when I was um, at home during the year, I remember when I was really a kid, I was playing with um, uh, type, type of a hotel, turning the hot, uh, my kitchen in a hotel. So when my mom and dad were coming back, I was uh, uh, welcoming them with the menu and sitting them down. And, and mostly the, 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 the food was always burnt by the time, but uh, <laughs> at least I was trying. And uh, yeah, so it's always been a bit, you know, and like, like I think all of us, so my business partner, David, you know, he's got a very similar story. His, um, his mom and dad have um, uh, had the restaurant for a long while. And, uh, and Michelle always loved this uh, type of, uh, you know, hospitality uh, life where we are all in. And I think that's where we find each other. You know, we just uh, really dedicate to what we do. And, and uh, yeah, without us being like that, we couldn't, we couldn't do what we're doing right now. Tell us a bit about the early years of your career in a commercial kitchen. Um, what was it like for you working in that environment? When I finished, actually, I was working on weekends when I was still in school. So, um, you know, it's been, um, I, I don't really remember my first impact because I, I never really had one. So um, let's say I slowly, slowly found myself working full time from just working part time. But what, what I can tell you uh, was quite funny. Uh, it was uh, my first service. And uh, there's been a couple of uh, um of those uh, memories I have. One was the first service in an actual uh, active restaurant. I was very, very young. And uh, the name of the restaurant was Osteria dello Stracciolo. Uh, the head chef used to work for Marchesi and, and there was a, a local restaurant in, in my uh, village, um, but uh, very good and high level. Um, I remember when the uh, um, service started and they all started running around uh, I was getting a bit uh, nervous and I remember my eyes started twitching and, and never stopped all night. But, you know, um, the, the being nervous and being stressed has always been the thing which uh, makes you uh, run and do well. Um, and uh, still now, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we all get stressed, but uh, the stress, if it's managed and, and it's pushed to the right level, uh, will help you to to go through things and and get the energy to um, conclude, and uh, that's one 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 example of the first service. So I remember the first time uh, in a in a Michelin star restaurant, so scared. Um, 
I, I also there I started working to the catering first, and after they put me up uh, in a charging section, and and I, I remember I was uh, uh, 17 at the time, and I was charging a se- section in a in a restaurant with the Mission Star, and I was like. Oh, this is so great, you know. And uh, I remember we were working so much, stuff like uh, uh, just having half day off a week and and dedicating all ourselves to learning and and cooking and and um, yeah, that that was pretty much my my entire growing up. And uh, I did five years in that place where uh, there was no much else uh, than the restaurant, you know. But looking back, I'm like, oh, that was very difficult, but. In the same time, uh, I, I look back and I think the amount of things I learned and the amount of situations I, I was in, and uh, um, which they helped me to live this life and 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 grow up as a chef and now as a business owner too. What led to the move to Australia? Well, I remember after the experience experience in the Mission Star, I I said to myself I wanted to uh, relax a little bit which is probably the first time in my life where I said that to myself. And uh, I started working in a, in a very small restaurant, it was new, so not much name. Um, um, yeah, it was just a new, new experience. And uh, I started working, um, the name of the restaurant was Tessitura. And I started working there. And um, after not long, the head chef wanted to leave. And uh, so, I took the opportunity to become head chef. I was very young then, by then too. And um, I started working there for a couple of years. I really enjoyed the time there. And, um, you know, creating my first menus and learning how to charge a kitchen. And and um, as a very young boy, I don't know if I can say man. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, after those two years, I said to myself, you know, am I going to stay here forever? Like, you know, it was paid well and by the same time I knew I still had so much to learn I couldn't speak anything of English still now not the best but is <laughs> a, a little battle I, I fight every day I try to learn um, um, but yeah so I decided uh, I, I said to myself what I did here I want to be able to do it everywhere in the world uh, what if one day you know my country uh, will have a problem or I need to travel you know I cannot know the language so mainly mainly was uh, because of the language. And I remember I wanted to go somewhere where I could speak English because, you know, it's the main language which can bring you everywhere in the world. So um, I I remember myself Googling um, um, good place um, with um, good salaries and uh, high levels of hospitality. And Mel came up. (laughs) Something similar. I, I remember myself Googling. Uh, which, uh, yeah, and I decided to book a flight to Melbourne. Were you surprised when you arrived in Melbourne? What did you think of the restaurant scene when you arrived? Oh, so um, at the start was a bit, I, I, ha- I had the luck. So I had the luck. I I started in Florentino straight away. And uh, you know, uh, w- without, um, literally it was three days after I, I arrived. I remember I did, I had a house at the time. I was living in Essendon. Uh, um, sleeping in the bed of a friend of a friend and um um, i've I've been lucky i never slept in uh, hostels and and but in the same time you know i had a job so um i was uh actually wasn't essendon before was a um black rock 
from BlackRock, I moved to Essendon after. Um, yeah, so it was a long, uh, a long trip. I was waking up at five o'clock and, and coming to the city. And, but I knew I had the right job. I, li- I, really, I, I like the place a lot, and I still do. Uh, Florentino is, is amazing. Uh, amazing restaurant with amazing people walking inside and, and doing uh, very good things every day. Um, the food and, and the quality of the products and, and the level is just sensational. I'm so fortunate to to um, had the luck, I had the luck to be there for five years. And um, yeah, so at the start was a lot, especially for someone who couldn't speak uh, in English at all. Uh, but, um, you know, um, a lot of people in there speak also a bit of Italian. So uh, some, some people speak very good Italian. So uh, I ended up to learn um, how to speak in English. The funny thing, uh, the first day I remember they sent me down in the cool room and get an eggplant. And I came back with an egg. Uh, what was it? Was it B? Was it B? Yeah. Um, it was hard. The start was hard. Uh, you know, new language, especially you do double job because when you go back at home, uh, you know, I remember huge headaches because you have to think in a different language. Your head just works so hard and uh, it's very complicated. Yeah. Tell us about Al Dente. Um, you mentioned um, it's the three of you and a real team. How do you, how do you work together and, um, and pull it? Um, put it all together for your guests. Yeah, so um, um, Michelle takes care of whatever uh, is uh, the front, pretty much. Uh, uh, if I want to use an easy word to explain, she uh, also takes care of a lot more than that um, um, functions and and. Uh, um, but g- generally, we we um, all split. Um, jobs to each other. We have meetings and and we talk about who is better doing what, and and that's when we decide all together who is doing what. Um, me and David are generally always in the kitchen. He's um, uh, moving on the side of the wine uh, very well. He's um, um, been talking with a lot of sommeliers and and uh, we've been doing a lot of tastings on wine and and um, um, yeah, so. Um, that's uh, what he does right now on top of the kitchen and uh, we split the ordering between all of us uh, some people get uh, along with some type of suppliers some other people uh, doesn't get along with other type of suppliers so yeah we just uh, uh, delegate to each other what's best for each other you know and, and generally uh, um, generally yes we all three um, quite like intense type of people and we all want to do things very, very well. So we don't get out of the meeting until we have a solution all the time. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how we act. We have a bit of uh, business policies and the the piece of paper is becoming always longer. And uh, especially we having more staff and, and more rules in place. It's also a very big space, this one in Nicholson Street. So uh, we literally uh, found ourselves uh, running a business, which is not just a business, it's a pretty much tree because we have a shop, we have a, a retail online, and uh, we have um, a restaurant. So yeah, it's a, it's a big beast. <laughs> what surprised you about running uh, your own restaurant? Well, um, probably 
I don't know. It's a, it's a funny question. I think the thing surprised me the most at the start was uh, um, how much I could push it, how much I could push myself, um, like uh, working-wise and, and, and mentally-wise, you know, where, where my dedication could arrive to. I never thought I could dedicate so much of myself to something. Um, that's the first surprise. I was like, you know, everything else was cancelled, literally, like, it was just the restaurant. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think now I have a bit of more balance, but, yeah, at the start it was just, like, waking up and coming here and leaving when I was dead. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was the first surprise. And the second surprise was uh, I've always been managing people because I always had managing positions from, from uh, um, you know, my previous jobs. But in the same time, I realized how hard it's difficult to manage a big amount of people. Yeah, that's another surprise. Yeah. The business started with a home uh, delivery model and now it's a restaurant and deli as well. Do, do you still, uh, still do the home delivery and that side of things? Yeah, yeah, we still have a, a full online business with Cookaboro. We every every single product we retail in the shop is also online. So we have a system in place of so we do a special or or, or the, the veggie supplier gives us uh, beautiful peaches because they are in season or plums, something like that. We we pickle them, put them in jars and uh, uh, automatically they go get in the system and um they get retailed online and delivered at home so um, at the moment we deliver for 35 kilometers and um, yeah we always go every week two or three events around the city um, dropping pasta and uh, sauces and uh, yeah some of our new creations too sometimes on on, on um, Easter or, or Christmas we do special packages uh, on top of all we do in the restaurant obviously which is our um, you know, main uh, revenue at the moment. But um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what we do. You've had the most incredible uh, couple of years. What are you most proud of? Um, probably choosing to have uh, David and Michelle on board. <laughs> and uh, that's one of the things, because I was saying before, um, you know, team, the team is uh, uh, the importance, you know. Um, the singular can go far, but will never go far like a team. So that's the first thing I'm proud of. And another thing I'm proud of is, uh, uh, you know, of uh, still like the job these people is doing right now. Uh, I was saying uh, my business partner is doing amazingly, you know, and uh, we're all passionate and 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 uh, same of Michelle. But another thing I'm proud is um, one word which is a sentence more than a word. And it's something uh, uh, we always been saying and, and something I started saying and now is, a, is, a, uh, is hanging up in, uh, in our office. And you see the possibility, not the problem. That's uh, one of the reasons why we, you know, we, I started uh, um, doing pasta uh, because uh, I saw the possibility and not the problem. 
I saw the possibility of doing something new and not the problem of a lockdown and of uh, of uh, you know complaining for the kilometers I could walk and and you know uh, arguing with the law and all the new rules in place, but see the possibility to do something new. So that's how we try to act normally in business every day. And when there's a problem, we try to see the possibility and get out of it. Well, you've built an amazing um, business. What What's next for you in the next couple of years? But um, before, I want to find a life balance. So uh, I would like to do other things uh, uh, out of the restaurant, uh, and uh, but the mainly, mainly um, my, you know, how I see my future is uh, uh, before to be able to do all the things I want to do with the restaurant, which uh, uh, there is so much, there's so many things, you know, um, and me and David want to cook and so many uh, uh, new uh, dishes we want to try and so many new products we want to do. Uh, um, I'm sure Michelle's got amazing cocktails she wants to work on, and 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 I just want to, you know, make all the stuff become reality. I want to achieve the level I always dream to achieve. So yeah, we we are always adding things, making things better, changing the systems uh, to improve and be better. Yeah, pretty much those two things. Well, Andrea, congratulations on what the three of you have created there at Al Dente. Um, we look forward to seeing much more from you. Um, please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, we definitely will. Thank you very much for doing this. Really appreciate it. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.